0: And welcome to another episode of the Pikesville Podcast. This is your host, Erish Silva here to tell you that today's episode is very special, as it is a Young Leaders episode containing an interview with Omar Rashid, a Pikesville High School graduate with Class of 2020 and our former SMOB, and an interview of a current Pikesville High School student, Kelsey Parker. But of course, Goodman Goose with Archer and Fletcher Goodman is featured on this episode as well. First up is an interview of Pikesville High School Class of 2020, Omar Rashid, conducted by Gabriella Feinberg about his first year in college and his role as an advocate for equity in our community.
1: Hello, audience of the Pikesville Podcast. My name is Gabriella. I'm here today with the legend himself, Omar Rashid. What's up, Omar?
2: What's up, Gabby? Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, anytime. I mean... Let's be honest here. You are a legend in the Baltimore County public Pelt- school community. Like we can't, we can't put that aside <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
1: All right, so let's get started. I think the first things first is, how are you? How has everything been with the pandemic and going to college?
2: Um, how's everything? I mean, I'm good uh, so far. Everything's going good. You know, freshman year online GW. Um, DC is like starting to get back to normal. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, the pandemic has been hard for everyone. Uh, messed a lot of things up, especially like, you know, senior year for a lot of kids last year. And like the seniors this year, you guys have it even worse than we did. Um, but I mean, it's getting better. I think I think a lot of things are starting to kick back up. And uh, yeah.
1: That's a great day here. Speaking of GW, um, everyone was so excited to hear that you got in. Um, I remember you saying that like, that was your that was your top school that you wanted to go to. Why was that the school of your choice? What drew you to there?
2: Um, honestly, I would say the location um, being like two minutes from the White House, um, two minutes from like the Capitol, like you're just in such a prime location to like find so many different people where you just connect and just grow with them. Um so I would definitely say I picked GW1. Yes, it's a good school like academically. Um but definitely cuz I love DC. I love the area. Um I love walking around Georgetown, walking around the White House. I just love it there just like as like the environment, but the connections you make there are just insane and I felt like that could take me places, you know.
1: Yeah, of course. And how has um how is the freshman year of a college experience and online going, especially in DC, which I feel is like a place for like a lot of busy bodies, a lot of people like going places. So how has that kind of been going on?
2: It started off really weird. So I was, so I'm on campus as in I'm staying in the dorms, but every like, classes are completely online. Um, and DC has been dead. DC has been really dead, especially first semester, the first few months, like you literally would not see anybody walk around DC, which is crazy because D.C. is always jam-packed, tourists, everything, it's just always packed. Um, so it was weird at first. It just felt like I was living in D.C., didn't feel like I was really in college or anything like that. just felt like I had an apartment in D.C. Um, but now it's starting to pick up. It's um, I think it was, I think D.C. was uh, designated the most, assumed to be the most touristy area in the next few years because of, one, everything that's been going on, but also, like, D.C. is just always, like. A good attraction spot. So it's starting to like get back to the way it was. Things are starting to liven up. Um, a lot more kids are on campus now, so it's not bad. School's still a little weird being online. You don't really learn as much as you would want. You don't make those connections with friends and teachers. Um, but it's going. You know, it's um, it's not bad.
1: Amazing. And have we figured out a possible major? What we're gonna be doing in our life? <laughs>
2: Uh, that's a, that's an interesting subject. I've been going back and forth with so many different things. um started off pre-med, then I decided education, then I decided business. Um I don't know. so as of right now, I'm still kind of undecided, but I think I'm gonna go the business uh, the business route for now, but we'll see. I'll let you I'll let you know in a couple years.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it seemed like you were going all around the world for that one. Um, but in any case, <laughs> Um, God, has been good. My dog just decided to open the door for my room, but it's fine. He likes to join into the interviews. Um, but in any case, so speaking of, you know, entertainment, like dogs, how has entertainment been? Like, how have you been like coping with this lifestyle, like going, going back into that? Like, you know, it's college. So are there, are there any like gatherings? I'm not gonna say parties, cause it's kind of crazy, but are there any gatherings? Do you guys have like movie nights or anything like that?
2: Movie nights. Yeah, sure. Let's call it that. Let's call it a movie nights. No, um, yes, there have been a few gatherings, quotation uh, marks gatherings, Um, but it hasn't been bad. Uh, there have been a few, you know, just like here and there, small groups of people, just, you know, the people that are on campus. It's um, a lot easier for us to connect than it is for the kids who aren't on campus. So like, I'm grateful for that part, but it's been fun. We've been having small events. You know, I have a couple of my boys here, which, you know, go to soccer fields, go to parks, just go walk around D.C., just have fun, just chill around in our dorms, uh, nothing crazy, the usual Call of Duty, stuff like that, nah, but it's been fun, you know, we're making the best of what we have.
1: I'm glad to hear it, and um, I remember uh, during the time that you were here, like, during, like, um, your, last, your last months and everything, when we were, like, dealing with all of that, like, social injustice like catastrophe like flow of events you were really going out there you're making sure that your voice is heard how have you translated that if you have translated that into your gw school life is that something you have taken in there
2: um i'm trying to it's a little harder when you know when everything's online but you know gw being like a predominantly white school there definitely have been an art a lot of issues and I've definitely like encountered some and seen some so I definitely see myself stepping up and saying something about it in the near future hopefully by next semester when everything's back to normal um I'm doing my best to already connect with you know the administration and the leaders in GW for when you know I'm ready to, like bring up like huge proposals for like a lot of issues and they're not going to be happy with it but it's things they have to hear and, you know, uh, being like on the board and, you know, advocating and like Baltimore County with everything that happened, I guess it kind of just gave me the confidence to not care what other people really think. Like, I'm, I'm not too worried about keeping administration comfortable or making them happy with me. So I'm going to say what needs to be said, whatever it is. But yeah, I'm going to try and uh, keep it up. <laughs>
1: We love to hear that. And, like, have you joined any clubs that are, like, really specializing in that? Are there any, um, are there any like, places that you can go where you're like, I want to be here to, like, do something better? Because I feel like that's just, like, you. You have to be somewhere where you're, like, making some kind of change.
2: Yeah, I'm trying. So, currently, um, I'm in the Multicultural Student Business Association. That's a club. Um, it's mostly, you know, business-minded people with different backgrounds. That's a good, really, really good club I'm in right now. I'm also joining ESU, um, also another amazing group here at GW. Again, especially being a predominantly white school, it's nice to see like fellow um, African Americans around me. Um, but those are the only two as of right now. Uh, you know, being online, it's a little weird to find clubs and really engage with them. But um, as we go back in person, hopefully I'll find some more interesting uh, organizations to join.
1: Um is there a big Greek life at GW or are you planning on um joining any fraternities in the future?
2: Yeah um I mean it's not like as big as like you know state schools and stuff like that but we do have Greek life um currently I am in cap sig uh we're probably one of the biggest frats on campus uh we're more like you know um like brother based and school based so we we try and keep it as professional as we can. And there's a bunch of great guys and a lot of great connections I've made being in CAPSIG so far. Uh, so yeah, I guess I am in Greek life.
1: I'm going off uh-huh. to the Going off of frats and everything, um, I know that you said that you have like a lot of great guys that are with you. But of course, when you asked this question, you were talking about how like there's like, you know, it's a predominantly white school and you have experienced like issues within this school. Um, Is there any like issues that you experienced like trying to get into a fraternity, trying to be within that brotherhood and things of that sort? Or do you see any issues that you kind of want to address on here that you've seen with Greek like in your school?
2: um there's definitely a lot of like a lot of issues with greek life and like we all know that and it's kind of like being addressed slowly and hopefully and it's not as bad at gw as it would be like in state school and stuff like that but no personally i have not faced anything especially with the one i'm in right now capsig which is kind of why i picked them you know i like i met all the brothers stuff like that before even considering it um but it's a solid group of guys but there's a lot that needs to be worked on and just like the overall greek life aspect of things um so that's definitely a topic like that's a whole different you know episode but uh as of right now for Sig, things have been going well
1: that's amazing to hear i love it so 2020 the transition from 2020 to 2021 i feel like it was super big like you said you're now in college, that's like not the experience that you're going to have and all these things that you're thinking of doing that you still can't do. How has this transition been? What have you been learning throughout like these trials and errors, especially in the beautiful, beautiful little city of District of Columbia? Um, what's What's been happening? What has been your growth? What has been your journey thus far?
2: Um, I would say the transition from like 2020 to 2021 you know most of our lives have been online um so I guess I've been learning how to utilize that a lot uh, whether that's social media um or just email or virtual like skyping people stuff like that um it's actually a lot harder to connect with people but it's a lot easier to reach out to them now you know you could hop on a zoom call with anyone at any time It's like a regular thing now it's not like disrespectful for you not to come into the office because, you know, no one's really in the office. So I've made a lot more connections, I would say, in the virtual world, honestly, than I have like before because it's just a lot easier. I could be connecting with someone in China right now and it would it would be fine. It would be the same thing. Um, but yeah, I have made some really good connections. I met a couple of really big guys that are kind of like showing me the route and what I kind of think I want to do in the business world. And I've just been like following that right now. Um, but DC in general, you know, it's just, it's opens you up to so many different types of people. Um, it's so diverse and that's also been like a really nice part about coming to DC and transitioning in.
1: That's amazing to hear. I love that. Oh my God, all positivity here <laughs> and um, I know that like 2020 was probably not your uh, favorite like time of being a senior can you express how you felt like maybe maybe the FOMO you're still like feeling now of like you know not being able to have senior prom and everything how did that maybe impact going into your
2: college life yeah it definitely sucked uh not having prom and especially not having graduation I think that really really hurt a lot of seniors, you know, a lot of people have just been looking forward to that all four years. Some people just went to the four years just for prom and for graduation. Um, so that really sucked, but you know, uh, it is what it is. I guess you guys kind of have it worse. So we should be grateful that we even had somewhat of a senior year. So I should be asking you how you feel. Um, but you know, yeah, definitely FOMO, like it sucks, but it was a pandemic and there's
1: nothing we could really do about it. So it's okay. Once again, like, you know, I feel like we're all feeling that way, especially for uh, the current seniors since I don't think they're even having a prom this year and that's kind of super sucky and they just were online and this hybrid stuff is kind of crazy. But speaking of hybrid, as, as you know, our past legendary smob, um, how like, how are you involved in like the um like this this school year that we're in today? Like how are you involved with like how we transitioned here? How did you like make s- decisions that you thought were going to be best for this year? And do you see them playing out the way that you thought they did or were going to?
2: So I will not lie to you, I have not been involved. Um, I guess Smob Omar 2019-2020 is ending there. Um, You guys have an amazing smob right now, Joshua Mahamza. He's doing an insanely good job with everything, with the transition and all. So he's kind of been giving me updates here and there. Obviously I stay in contact with a lot of people. Uh, I know Dr. Williams has been doing a really good job and like, you know, it's a pandemic, it's really hard to like make decisions, but he's been doing what he can. Uh, Staff, teachers, I know they're all doing everything they can to get students, you know, back to where they need to be like academically. Uh, but I haven't really had any say or any push so far with any of this transition stuff. Um, but, you know, obviously, if ever needed or if anyone ever like reached out to me, always happy to help with whatever it is. But as of right now, uh, I've kind of been out of the game.
1: Is there anything that you've heard about this school year? And if you were a small, like still, <laughs> would you would you change anything? Seems like a killer question for you.
2: Yeah, Gabby. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know how to answer that. To be honest with you, um, what would I change? Uh, honestly, I haven't been keeping up enough to know exactly like what has been happening with the hybrid, like how many days you're coming in, or if you guys are even coming back in. I don't even know, honestly. Um, but yeah, I just I would just say that you know I know for a fact, like with what I've seen last year that admin is definitely doing everything they can with what they have, you know. It's, in the end, it's like really hard to like make any decisions here or there because it is a pandemic. It's not like a regular school year where I was small, a lot of things were a lot easier. Um, I know it's a lot harder even now with Joshua, even board meetings or whatever it is to like do it online. It's just not the same. Uh, But yeah, I I don't really have a straightforward answer for you
1: is there anything you you miss or is there anything that you look back on often in your times in college where you're like oh my god like i remember this time at pikesville where we were like going crazy um are there any like memories that you like bring up often when you're talking about your times in high school
2: i definitely miss my soccer team um those are my boys those are one of the most fun times practice games wanted food after that. Those were definitely some really good times. Um, we finished off the season strong too. I think we almost got it to regional finals, which was really good for Pikesville soccer. Um, so it was a really good time. That's definitely what I missed the most. Um, and also, you know, just miss like lunches. And like, I guess that was the last interaction you really had with people. So that was kind of like, you know, March 13th, I think was the day we all like found out we had to not come back we were all pretty excited and then little did we know it was going to be like forever um but yeah just kind of just like interacting with friends the soccer team hanging out with food like you know friends getting food stuff like that but nothing crazy
1: and um i don't know if you've heard the recent news but um miss reed is retiring at the end of the year um what do you like what do you think about that? Have you heard about that? Is there something that you, like, want to
2: say to that? Wow, I did not know that. Um, that's, I guess, that's good to hear as in, like, yay, she gets to retire and, you know, do some fun stuff with her life, you know, go relax on the beach. But that sucks. Um, I love Miss Reed. She's a great principal. Um, She was actually one of the people that pushed me to run for SMOB in the beginning, too. Um, I think she did a really good job with Pikesville. And I know a lot of students, like, connect with her on a personal level, which is weird, because, which isn't weird, which is really good. But um, a lot of other schools I've seen, like, some people don't even know who their principal is with some of the other schools that I've visited. So I know she did a really good job connecting with students and really showing her presence and being there for everyone. Um, But yeah, I love Ms. Reed was a great mentor, someone to look up to. Um, but yeah, that's sad that she's leaving, but you know, good for her. She gets to uh, you know, relax in the Bahamas now, hopefully.
1: <laughs> and on that, do you have any advice for the possible incoming principal for for your alma mater? Like, do, do you think that like, Ms. Reed gave you some pointers that you might wanna bring forward to our next principal?
2: Um, Yeah, definitely, you know, in the end, yes, they are our principal, and, you know, they have to, like, play the authoritative role that they have to, but I would say, like, connect with the students, you know, really get to know them. It's a thousand, like, Pikesville is not big compared to some other schools, so you can really make those connections with students, and making those connections will help you run the school better. People will listen to you a lot more. Um, even not just the students too, but the teachers really get the time, to, like get to know the teachers and connect with them, see what works, see what doesn't. You know, they've been there a lot longer than the new income principal will ever be if it's someone outside of you know Pikesville. Uh, so get their advice, see what's going on, um, see the system in place. You know, a lot of things work just the way they are, but like some things might need a few changes, and you know they gotta be willing to make those changes. But um, my biggest, I guess, uh, advice would just be listen to the students, connect with them, show your face, let people know who you are, you know, let them know that they can come to you and, like, not get in trouble, like, just, I don't know, I don't know if you remember but Mr. Robinson, um, but honestly, like, I considered him to be one of the nice, like, best assistant principals I've ever met because he was just there as a friend, like, he was just such a chilled guy, like, people would just walk up to him and tell him stuff, like, if they were going to get in trouble, they would rather come to Mr. Robinson and get in trouble with someone else because they know like, he's actually gonna like have the best interest for them. Just like let let people know that you're there for them as like, you know, obviously their principal, but also just like someone they can talk to and trust.
1: Oh, I love that. That was so cute. <laughs> um, and um, on the thing of like advice and everything, like how how are you, do, do you have any advice for um the the seniors this year as they as they transition because you know not only like are they transitioning not only are you giving advice for someone transitioning into a new school as a principal but maybe some advice for kids transitioning into a new school as now adults so is there any advice you can give there for
2: yeah definitely um one just kind of like hitting on the pandemic and you know being just such a weird year i would say it really does suck that, you know, you miss out on your senior year and like prom and graduation, all that. But I would say on the plus side that you guys don't miss out on your freshman year of college because hopefully everything opens back up by next semester. And I won't lie to you, like, everyone has been telling me, like everyone I've met in college has been just going, bro, freshman year was the best year of my life. Like that was the best year of their college career. Um, So at least you get to have that. So that's something to look forward to and, you know, kind of just like take over your mind besides, you know, not having your senior year. But advice, I would say um, just, you know, you don't have to know what you want to do. Just come in, just see what you like, just dabble around different things. I've been taking classes from the biology to to business to educate, you know, I've just been going here and there just dabbling around. If you know what you want, great. That's amazing. You know, get into it, um, grind it out. But, you know, you don't have to know what you want to do. And two, don't do don't take it too – don't don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, college is going to be – everyone says going to be a lot, like, harder and stuff. But, yes, it will be harder. But, one, I promise you, professors are a lot more lenient. So it's a lot more chill. You have a lot more time to do a lot of work. Uh, but it is a lot of work. So you have to really put in time. You have to put in the work. Uh, but don't be too hard on yourself. Like, getting a B being college is not – the same thing as getting a b in high school it's really not as bad it's not so i'm um, i got a c in my econ class and i was happy with that i know i would kill myself that was in high school but i was okay with that it was econ 10 12 it was pretty hard a lot of kids like the average for the class was like i think 46 percent. it was horrible like a lot it was it was it's really hard uh some professors are a lot harder and Give you like a less a lot less attention than in high school, so it's kind of like on you to do a lot of the work. But just don't be too hard on yourself. Um, just do the best you can, and and yeah, you don't really have to know what you want to do. Just come in ready to just like explore and find out like who you want to be.
1: That was some solid advice, mate.
2: Um, did you just say mate?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did say mate. Do you have a problem? <laughs> All right, but um. So we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present. Let's go into the future. So what are what is what does the future look like possibly for Omar Rashid right now?
2: Um, right now I am interning actually not inter I just finished an interning phase and actually I'm working at this real estate company called the One Street Company. Um it's a real estate firm and I've just been learning here and growing here. So The future for me, I would say, is kind of just going to be, like, around the business, real estate area, um, see where that takes me. Um, But I don't know, man. The future is, I don't know, it's far away. I don't want to think about it yet. So I'll let you know soon.
1: What did you uh, learn in this um, business internship in real estate? Any, like, big, big lessons in your, I guess, now um, trajectory into this business world? Is there anything that's, like, giving you an inkling of, like, you know, what you're really interested in or how you want to make an impact?
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, I, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the like scenario of where I can make an impact or what I can do, um, housing is really unequitable. I realized, like working here, I thought it was just education. It's not just education, it's a lot of things. And housing is really one of the biggest ones, too. Um, especially in D.C., a lot of, like, I've just been learning a lot about, like, redlining and segregation and how housing works and, like, how different peoples are accepted for certain loans while others aren't. It's just a lot that I've learned here at uh, the company and, like, what you can really do to make a difference in certain areas. So that's definitely something I want to look into once, you know, I'm, like, a solid member of this community and actually know what I'm doing in this industry. Um, but I've learned a lot about, you know, just the business in general, how things work, you know, um, and I've kind of just learned that, yes, school is really important, and, you know, having an education will always, like, help you in life and stuff like that, but not everything you learn in school is going to be, like, implied in, like, the real world, you know. Um, yes, there are some classes, like econ would be great, accounting, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. If you're going to the business world, are great classes to come into, you know, knowing and will really help you have a like a foot forward like ahead of everyone else that hasn't gone college or done anything like that. but um, you know a lot of the real world stuff is just stuff you learn through experience and that I have one thing I would say to everyone is that focus on finding experience um, and doing internships and meeting people because I honestly think that's what will get you really far um, is experience and connections.
1: And I agree with all of those points. And um, so why business? You you said you went from pre-med <laughs> to education and then business. So what out of all of those three, why were you like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to stick with and what I think is
2: going to be the best? So uh, it's, a, it's a long story, but... Pre-med kind of just happened because, you know, my dad really wanted me to do that. My dad was pre-med and he was a doctor, so kind of just like a family thing. Um, But I kind of decided, you know, a lot of summers I spent at Hopkins interning, stuff like that. I really loved it. thought that was like my thing for sure. Um, But as I went on and I went into education and like the board role and stuff like that, I was like, whoa. There's so much I could do here, like as a board, like not just like as a board member, but like in education, there's so much that can change and I can do a lot here. So I was determined okay, like medicine's out of my head. And I kind of just like threw myself away from it. I'm like eight years in school, all this debt, all that. I don't want to do all that. Um, So that kind of happened there. And then with education, I'm still like really passionate about it and I still see myself doing it in the near future. Um, But I kind of decided on the business route for now because I kind of realized that, one, you need to be able to take care of yourself, but also to be taken seriously in, like, a lot of the the areas where, like, I want to make a difference. Like, let's say, you know, you want to build, like, not a crazy situation, but, like, let's say I want to build a school. Like, where the hell am I going to get the money to do all that? But um, I guess kind of having that business world Connection where you can like find investors, all that stuff. Where you have the sources yourself, the construction field, the real estate field, which really is what like pulled me in on the business side of things. Uh, was like real estate field in specific, uh, kind of just showing me that I could like start off with business and like have a lot of those connections, uh, make a little money. You know, like have myself like sustain and like find like personally my family, take care of all of that and then kind of just like shift into a role where I can like make a big difference and I have those connections to really um, do something about it. And like one of the main things that drove me towards, you know, like, oh, like money, like having money and like having the business mindset can really help you in doing stuff is, you know, whenever I'm out advocating or doing whatever it is on the board or whatever it is, 99% of the time, it came down to money. It came down to budget, it came down to what can you do, like whatever implementation we want to do, whatever we want to put in, hire a new um, equity officer, do this, do that, whatever it did, it always went down to what's the budget, what do we need to spend? And that's where I kind of realized, okay, like you really need to have connections and money to really make a difference. Um, Yes, you don't need it, but it really does help. Uh, So I kind of just wanted to see how how everything worked on the business end of things and kind of just dive into my other passions, which is education and even medicine. Like, I still have a huge passion for it. You know, I'm from Ethiopia, a third world country. I definitely want to go back and, you know, do something, whether it's like get us, like help build a small clinic or whatever it is. Um, health and medicine is still like a big part of me, but education too, um, you know, being on the board really changed my shift on how I really saw things in the education field. And also education is kind of what brought my family up. My dad was from Ethiopia, lived in Ethiopia his whole life. And education is kind of what got him out of like the situation he was in. You know, it was third world country. Um, it's exactly what you think. It wasn't like a good life. And he kind of just like worked his way out of it. And what allowed him to do that was having education and really putting in the work over there. Um, so, you know, it's, it was, it's not like a set in stone thing where I'm just going to be doing business, but it's kind of where I'm at right now and down the road, you know, that's definitely gonna change sooner or later. That was long, but yeah.
1: You're perfectly fine. <laughs> um and yeah, I I think like now that you say like, yeah, I, I remember I now it's confirmed that you that you are from Ethiopia, you immigrated from Ethiopia. It was kind of a rumor kind of, but like um going off of that, is there is there anything from like your experience there? that kind of informed you on how to make an experience here if that question makes sense
2: yeah no definitely my past living in ethiopia and like growing up there a lot of my life has had a change in the way i saw i like the way i see things stuff like that especially like coming to pikesville um coming to baltimore county in general um going from a thorough world country education and coming here i was already like what the hell like we have laptops like everything is insane like I was mind blown I was like this is insane like there's so much opportunity here why is everyone like not taking advantage um and that's where I kind of realized like the amount of like inequity that there was and like how there just wasn't the support for certain groups of people and how like that yeah that had a huge impact on the way that they did their work and stuff like that I don't know if if I've told you this before, but my first AP class was AP Psych with Mr. Babcock, and I walked in there, and I was the only black kid, and I said, nope, not happening. I was, like, ready to drop it, uh, but Mr. Babcock was, like, no, Omar, like, you're not dropping this class. He kind of just pushed me and helped me out, coach class all the time, you know, took time out of his day to really help me out and really pushed me, and that ended up being my favorite class. I ended up getting an A in it, and if it wasn't for that, I would have not taken any more AP classes. So I guess I just wanted like a lot of other students to have someone like Mr. Babcock to like push them to take those classes to really, you know, push themselves as much as possible. And I just haven't seen enough of that, which is kind of another reason why when I got the opportunity to run for the board, I was like, say last, like maybe I can do something, you know, maybe I can like help like one or two kids, um, you know, change the way that they look at the education system.
1: Yeah. I honestly think that's really great. And, um, like you, you kind of mentioned something about how like you, you came here and you like saw all these laptops, everybody using like phones and all these resources. So are these like, is it, was this kind of like one of your expectations? Like when you like came to the United States, you like kind of expected like all this equity and that's why you're kind of like striving to gain this equity.
2: Yeah, kinda. I mean, it definitely had a huge impact on me, like seeing the amount of opportunity here um, was like mind blowing. And then kind of just like settling in and like really seeing how things worked and like, you know, connecting with like fellow other students and stuff like that. I kind of saw like certain demographics were getting a lot more, you know, attention or a lot better better grades or put in better classes and stuff like that, there's just a lot. And I was like, you know, like, what's the reason behind that? And kind of just like trying to figure that part out and like talking to other people um, within the education role that have really like shown me like, yeah, like it's great and all, there's a lot of opportunity, but a lot of people don't really get the chance to take advantage of it, which was like, kind of like what blew me away. Cause you know, coming from Ethiopia, if you if we had any of this stuff, in Ethiopia it would have been like game over, like everyone would be like so satisfied, but um, it just wasn't the same here. And kind of just like adjusting to that and like figuring out like how you can help to like change that was kind of like a big part of why I like took um, education more seriously.
1: Is there Are there any big things that you miss from Ethiopia or any like um, experiences that you think people should also experience here?
2: um i would say there's a lot less of a divide of just like the country in general whether it's like you know race or politics or whatever it is you know um it was kind of just like all all in it together and i kind of missed that kind of vibe here there um you know i mean that is that that vibe is here sometimes but you go to certain areas and it's not because so it's kind of just like kind of missed that i do have a lot of family still there so definitely miss them um hopefully i get to visit soon um, um, but yeah, so those are the two things I miss a lot
1: right now. All right. Well, last question I have for you today. Um, is there like going on, like all these topics, you know, you're in business, you're, you you want to have like education, you, you're, I feel like your main philosophy, your main goal is like, just, you know, put equity into the world. Ne- things need to be equitable. So where do you see, or where do you want a change? Um, in your in your old community of Baltimore County, in your own, in your old community of Pikesville, and maybe your community of GW now, um, where do you think that we should go to have a more equitable community?
2: Um, I don't even know where to start with that question. Um, kind of a long last question, but um, where could we? Where could I see um, that happening? Honestly, in so many different situations, like. Starting off, obviously, with education, like, um, just make sure that everyone has the opportunity to do whatever they want to do. You know, all one hundred fifteen thousand kids um, get the same same amount of attention. But when I say same, that might mean you know, a kid who has you know less experience with math might get two hours more than the other kid, um, and that's what's equitable, not equal, but equitable. Um, that's kind of like a big difference that I've learned is like equal isn't always equitable. So that's uh, a part that I really want to emphasize on. But also, you know, anything from like the policing system to health care, there's just so much, you know, like black women are more, more likely to not get drugs because they're seen as, you know, probably think they're going to over over abuse it or whatever it is, you know, more likely to die from pregnancy complications. There's a lot. Um, whether it's Baltimore County or DC or whatever, wherever it is, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I guess we just have to start somewhere. And for me, that has been with education. Um, and yeah, I just hope that everyone in Baltimore County, you know, fellow Pikes Fullers or wherever it is, fellow Panthers, uh, fellow GW students, or even the adults, like just step up and like try and make a difference in the small niche of wherever it is. It could be education for you, it could be healthcare for you. Wherever it is, you know, do what you can and uh, just try and do your part to, you know, just try and make society a better place, honestly. All
1: right. Well, I thank you so, so much for joining us today. This was an amazing interview, and I really appreciate you coming and talking to me. Um, And thank you, audience, for listening.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Up next is Goodman Goofs with Archer and Fletcher Goodman. Hi, I'm Archer. And I'm Fletcher. This is is the Goodman Goodman Goofs. Goofs. What does a policeman have for dessert? A cupcake. Why, where did the governor hang his wet laundry? On the street line. Why didn't the skeleton go to the prom? They had
3: no body to go with. How do you send... A message to Viking at sea. Use Norse code. What did the hand say to the arm? How about giving me a raise? What is Lumberjack's favorite state? Arkansas.
0: Tell your family and friends about the Pikesville Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Pikesville Podcast and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast apps. If you want to join a team or be a guest on a future episode, feel free to send a message to Mr. Smith at gsmith6 at bcps.org. To tie off our episode, is an interview conducted by Gabriella Feinberg of Pikesville High School student Kelsey Parker about the business she started during the pandemic, the importance of supporting others, and the keys to her success in balancing school, business,
1: and being a teenager. Hi, my name is uh, Gabriella, and today I will be interviewing Kelsey Parker. Kelsey, please introduce yourself. Um,
3: hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm a student here at Pikesville High. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do this interview.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Okay, so the reason that we have uh, called you here today is because there has been some news about you being a very, very smart and intelligent businesswoman. (laughs) Um, So I have heard that you have created your own platform um, called, I think, Think Black. And it is about from, from what I've read, it's about pretty much like, um, having people connect to black businesses around the world, not just like in your community, just around the world, being able to like, you know, have that, have that pathway to get in touch with, um, your community, especially if you're like a black person to be able to like support your community. So, I have a few questions on like how you wanted to start that because I think that is an amazing idea and an amazing thing that you put out. So my first question is, I heard in an interview that like in like during the protests of summer of 2020, that you like this idea sparked into your head, but I really wanted to get to like the the main the main cause of that. Like what moment did you decide like okay, I have to do something now? And I have to do something big, so it's interesting you said that just because
3: I grew up around business owners and black business owners, specifically, my parents being business owners, my family members being business owners, and so things like that, and I saw how impacted they were by the pandemic, um just knowing the amount of black businesses that I knew offhand that were struggling financially that were struggling to get clientele because things were shut down, so they had to go to eat you know e commerce things and things like that, and so Not only the protest did it, but it started to spotlight the black community specifically. And so other people that aren't PLC or people of color were starting to really notice black communities. And so I wanted to do something to not only attract my community into supporting each other and generating revenue in our communities, but also having other communities say, Black businesses are struggling, you know. Where's the black businesses in my community where I can support in these times that are already emotionally draining and things like that? So I think that's the most I think that's sparked my interest
1: the most. And like going off of that, and um, that amazing that you were surrounded by all of these like black business owners. I think that is amazing. Where did you like come up with I, this, this like plan of like, okay, I'm going to connect these people. I'm going to make a platform to connect these. How did you like, how is your planning? You know, what steps did you take to get here? What steps did you take to like, you know, make this, Make this platform, and what helped, like you know, brought you along to this, like this final stage.
3: So, well, I'll start by saying this is nowhere near the final stage. You know, I'm definitely still in parts of development and adjusting things. And so, I began doing it. It was actually a really spontaneous idea. You know, I was sitting in my room, and I just—it was just instant. And so, you know, how you have like different ideas that like come to you, and you don't really act on. But this one stuck. And so. I brought it to my family at dinner, and I started working on it. I started doing some research about black businesses, um, some software I could use, and then it really took off from there. Um, Yeah, Um, development started around July, I would say, and just working on the website, things like that. And then once I had an idea for an app, it was just like, okay, I found some developers. Um, I worked with the development team to really get it how I wanted. And so I'm not a coder. But I have some basic, you know, graphic, like, you know, graphic knowledge. Um, I'm more of like a tech person, just not like coding. And so I work with some people to help me do the framework of the app. But like the design and stuff like that, I was really the, the architect of that. So I was really happy about that. But yeah, I launched in November. It went to the App Store in October. The Apple Android Play Store in October the app store in November and yeah, it took off from there.
1: That, that's amazing. And um, like, it, it seems to be really successful. I was looking at um, your, like your list of people who you can connect to. And I saw you have people, not just like when I was saying like the world audience, I actually meant the world. She has people in like other countries, like in England, um, like of black businesses that are, that like you can connect to there. And here's what I want to say. How do you how do you get that reach? How are you like communicating with these people all like in all these different places that are not just in the United States? How are you like marketing? What are you doing and what are you making sure to do that you can reach not just like the United States where you're being able to make that like universal reach? So actually, a lot of the listings, because it was such a slow
3: start, um, a lot of the listings I had to go in and add by hand. So, you know, it's it's several hours of just making sure the listing as is robust as is i I'm sorry, the directory is as robust as possible. Because the worst thing about having something that's made for you to use is not being able to use it, right? And so if I just let it kind of be natural and just let people sign up, it takes years for it to really be full. And so I've had to spend, you know, time adding listings, getting friends and family to help me add listings. But then as I started getting more press stuff out, it just kind of took off naturally so some of the um the listings overseas just happened you know i added a couple just to test the capabilities of it but i'm really grateful and blessed to know that other people are using it in other countries and hopefully it'll grow
1: so coming off of that is is this like a kind of like universal development is this something where you want like you want this app to be something where anybody in like the world can go to like i want to support my like my black brothers and sisters or I just want to support a black business in general to be able to like you know put that out there and say like I- I'm-, I'm here for you and I want you to know that I'm like here for you is this something that like you want to make a kind of like you know universal like app where everybody can go on there and if that's like the case are you planning to expand like the language the language barriers that might be a part of this like you know putting it out in like Different languages, or like, you know, developing a team that can, um, that can like accommodate to all of those different aspects. So yes, I,
3: just to begin, Think Black is marketed to all groups. You know, it's for Black businesses to register, and for you to find Black businesses that any person of any walk of life can uh, can join the utilize Think Black. You know, and also, it is also translated, and I'm going to say Spanish and Portuguese. So you can translate it. I don't know about French yet, but I know that you can kind of change your um your setting to read in Spanish and Portuguese, which is cool. I I didn't know it could do that until like later in development, but yeah.
1: So what has been the the greatest like outcome for you from starting this? Um, I think like in an in interview, you we were saying like you know you were really happy to see all these people like using your app and using this and using this resource. But like, what, like, is there any specific moment where you were like, oh my God, I'm making an impact or, you know, this is something where I can actually like go along and change, change some parts of, um, you know, like our societal (laughs) or like our societal stance right now?
3: Um, actually, yes. Um, I try to do a lot of more, especially because I'm not having a whole bunch of, I don't have an influx of clients yet. And so the people that do register, you know, I reach out or I've had people reach out to me, and just hearing their testimonies of the struggles they have as black businesses, you know, sometimes the lack of resources, the lack of information, things like that. So it's been really inspiring to me for to hear people say, you know, although this isn't this didn't change my entire situation, it helped or it gave me a sense of someone's looking out for me other than me. And so I think it was really touching to hear the business owners, like I said, as you mentioned to hear the business owners really just say, you know, thanks. And so, of course, I don't need that just because I want to do it just to help them, but it did feel good.
1: Yeah, and I imagine it would. Um, truly, like, this is a really cool app, and I, I feel like um, it's really good for local businesses, too. How, do you do anything special for, like, your ba- like the Baltimore area since this is kind of, like, your your home place? Is there, like, any kind of, like, special advertising you put out? Because, you know, if I if I were, like, if I'm just saying, like, if I were to do a business, I would, like, promote Baltimore to the ump degree because I feel like we don't get enough credit. But um, is there anything you do along the lines of that just to, you know, say, like, hey, this is our this is our home?
3: So actually, yes, um, it's there's some things in the works with working with the city of Baltimore, not like the specific city of Baltimore, but working for the city of Baltimore to just showcase our cha- talents and growth. So of course, we have. Well, they're spotlighted on the Think Black homepage, and I shout them out on Instagram, things like that, just because when I support Black businesses locally, I try to, you know, post, repost it, give them reviews, you know, tell them about the app and things like that. But there is some stuff in process,
1: you know, in the works. How do you utilize your social media to the best of your ability to not only, like, promote your business, but also promote this message of, like, Black acceptance? Since you were like mentioning that you like use this Instagram, like what what do you think is the best way to use it and how do you use it to like not only be like, Hey, look at my business, but also be like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this so that we can we can better ourselves?
3: Well, I'll begin social media marketing for businesses is extremely difficult. You know? It's not just you make a post and people reach out or people just jump to it. It it's definitely a process and so I think so. Social media helps me explain my message as much as it gets me help to see other black business owners or the business owners in general, you know, just seeing that. And so utilize my social media. Um, I'll be honest, I don't get a lot of reach on social media, but think like Black is more word of mouth or Facebook or things like that. But as far as speaking about Instagram, I think it allows me to push out the message. That's not just entrepreneurship. Right. It's about taking care of yourself as a person, taking care of your community, speaking out for other communities, you know. I preach Think Black, but it's also about equality, you know, financially and economically, as well as socially. You know, Think Black is not just an economic platform. It's to say we're here, we're present, and despite the disparities within our community, we're thriving. And so I think that's the message that I want to preach or share as much as the economic disparities within our community.
1: So when you're talking to like a fellow student about this, Because when you were talking about like, you know, this is kind of like a word to mouth thing. Do you think that you you get like a a good reaction from it when you're talking about like, hey, I have this site um, like, you know, like it's supporting black business. Do you think like when you're talking to your friends or maybe when you're like just pitching it to a person like on the street that you start talking to, like, is there usually a good response from it? Or is there any way that like you have to maybe like persuade people? Like, how do you kind of like work that into conversation? and. How is this like a thing that you kind of spread? Um, I think it's really, it's
3: relatively easy to share just because, you know, it's a feel good story, right? You know, support black businesses in your community. It's really nothing negative to say if you're that type of person, right? I have gotten some negative feedback, not from anyone I know, but usually when I tell people about it, they're kind of surprised that I did it, honestly. And so that's always a funny reaction to get. But um, yeah, usually I don't have to persuade people now.
1: Well, why do you why would you say that they'd be surprised that you would like create something like this?
3: Um, usually I'm not very vocal about it, honestly, you know, having general conversations with people, I don't really like to bring it up. Not because I'm not not because I'm afraid of talking about it and not because I'm afraid to, you know, boast a little bit about it. It's just about, um just keeping the conversation very at the surface, you know. I could talk about this for hours and so a lot of times I just kinda of shy away from it just because it's something I'm really passionate
1: about. And um, you were talking about, like, you have, you have like, these plans in the works for later. Can you give us any, like, uh, sneak peeks of, like, how you're thinking of, like, developing this further? Because what you have is, like, a really great start now. I'm just wondering, like, what are some maybe, um like, some little tidbits you can give us of, like, how this is, like, going to be a growing process?
3: Yes, so... um I have a news module, a news and events module, so you can add events. So let's say you're someone that's hosting a a pop-up shop, right, you know, for black businesses, something like that. You can put your event on Think Black for free, and it'll show up. You can add the event to your Apple calendar, your Google calendar, whatever like that. And you can also write, like, not articles, but you can write news. It's almost like an open-ended blog. So I can approve the story on my end, but you can just write something, you know. Has to be positive, but write something and you can share it. So it's basically just for our community to share our stories to uplift each other. So that's basically the goal. Yeah. Also, there's, it's in the works, so I'm not gonna say it's official, but a space or a platform for Black business owners to get help. So, you know, have things, have graphic designers, have screen printers, have social media strategists, have marketing strategists on like on hand basically you know to sell their services to black business owners from black business owners so almost a separate section of think black just for that so that's coming up too um
1: those are all amazing plans which brings me to ask like you're you're you know creating this business you're creating this platform how do you have all of this time along with your school because i feel like as a person that there's a lot of things I feel like I'm constantly like getting super stressed and like I'm not sure how to handle everything but you, you seem to have like all of these all these plans in motion all these things and people that you're talking to so how do you create that balance as a student and as a businesswoman in your high school years
3: um just accountability honestly and preparation so I also play varsity basketball for the school so you know on top of me playing sports for school and at a high level, outside of school, it does get stressful. But just making sure that school is number one—you know, number one first—attending um, on my practices, and then squeezing in time to prep for Think Black, so you know, answering emails, um, making posts ahead of time, doing site maintenance, analytics, and stuff like that. You know, it becomes a routine, and so I allow it not to get stressful as well. You know, as, along with hanging out with friends and things like that. So I mean, it's stressful unless you know how to balance it
1: and that was uh, some key advice for the audience there balance your time um but like also going on with that um how do you think this has impacted you like not not only with your social life but like also with your like um mental maturity how do you how do you think that this has helps you grow what do you think that's this has taught you what do you think this is going to teach you as you go along starting this at such a young age
3: um i think I like Think black not only because it's good for the community, but it's also good for me, you know, to have something to say, stay on track because of this. And so it's given me, you know, when when you hear something on the news, you hear a statistic or you hear someone was hurt or things like that. You always wonder, what can I do? And so this kind of gave me a, gave me a sense of you can do something, you know, you can go out and help other people. You can go out and even if it's nothing more than sharing a post, you know. It doesn't have to go to the scheme of making, starting a business or anything like that. But I think it definitely gave me a sense of, it, it improved my self-esteem a lot, you know, especially coming from someone young. And, you know, as as younger people, were more impressionable. And so I think in the age of social media or in the age that we're in now, you know, with the pandemic, I think we all kind of got down in the dumps a little bit. And so I think Think Black allowed me to say, no, like, you can't be in a slum. You know, it gives me a sense of, all right, get up, you know. And so I think the accountability is what I like the most about it.
1: And I love that. And, and just how do, how do you create, like, a family through this? How do you create, like, a community through this? Um, what, are, what are the best ways that, like, you communicate with others, not only in, like, the, the businesses that you contact, but possibly, like, the, the different, like, people that can use this to to like contact these businesses? Like what are, what is your motto um or way of like reaching out to people to create kind of like a family of think black?
3: Um well I, I've been blessed to you know meet a lot of people, I've gained some mentors to think black. And so I think the motto really is think black, you know, to put your community first, to think beyond yourself is really the goal of Think Black to say, I can spend my money in another community, but why? You know, at the end of the day, if I circulate my revenue into my neighbor, my neighbor will use that money and eventually we pour into each other and we all grow. And that's and so really creating a Think Black family is everyone that uses it. Because we're all we're, we're all pouring into each other.
1: And when you're talking to someone who Maybe isn't a part of like the black community, like of a different race. How do you advise them to think black? And maybe not just using your platform. How do you advise them to kind of get into that mindset of like, not I just want to I want to support my friends. This is not necessarily like my community, but I want to support my friends and support people that I care about.
3: Yeah, I totally get that. Um, it's easy to to say, you know, what this community is experiencing a disparity. But along with the people inside, within the community, the people outside the community c- can contribute to level the playing field, right? And so I'll talk about now current events. You know, the Asian American Pacific Islander community is experiencing ra- racism, bigotry, the whole nine. And so I think not only is it important to recognize that, but to help, you know, to repost something, to support an Asian American business, you know, things like that. It's not a- just about supporting black businesses, it's about helping us all, really. And so my platform, yes, is for Black businesses. I am a Black person, you know. I want to support my community, but it's it just doesn't end there.
1: And throughout this, like, do you also go into, like, political activism? Like, this is... I feel like this business is not necessarily political activism, but it's kind of going into that. But, like, as a person, do you think that you also want to do this to be, like, politically active, to kind of say... To kind of like put your voice out there to say like, you know, we have a place here and I want to make sure that I have a platform to spread a message. Is that kind of like what you want to do as as this business grows? Um
3: Yes and no. You know, I would think black becomes a fine line that I kind of have to stay away from just because as a business owner, I want to be opinionated and get my point across and get my message across. But I also don't want to move into other things, you know, I try to stay with entrepreneurial, you know, stay with social justice, but not take the, you know what I mean, not cross the line. And so, of course, I have my own, you know, opinions and things like that. But I do want Think Black to grow into a platform where I can share the stories and the voices of my community. Just I don't know how yet.
1: So do you see this growing as anything more than just like a like an online forum or like an online website or an app. Do you see this growing into anything more like um, like tangible and attainable or like places or, or or like actual like like places where people can go and talk to and be advised about like their business needs?
3: Yes and no. You know, I wanna help people and you know, of course move out of just the directory or move out of just the website. But I also kind of want to stay in my niche. You know, sometimes in business, they advise you to stay at your niche and just excel in it. You know, sometimes if you do too much, you know, if a water bottle tries to become a can of orange juice, there are other cans of orange juices that are much better than that water bottle. And so it's just like, that was probably a terrible analogy. But <laughs> but yeah, I think you got the gist of just staying with what I'm good at or perfecting what I'm good at and then trying to move in other areas.
1: So that's the goal right now. Um, these are all really amazing goals, and I just want to go back to just, like, this is such a great accomplishment, being, like, as young as you are, and I think it's amazing, and, like, is there anything that you would want to say to people your age, like, if they're thinking of something like this, or if they're thinking of, like, making some kind of big change, like, what are what are the steps that you think that they should take, or what or what path do you think that they should take to kind of, like, go and do something kind of big like this? And what possible fears should they, like, get rid of so that they can excel in this?
3: Um, Do it, honestly. Um, I think Black wasn't something that I was prepared for at all. You know, it came at a point where I think it came to me when I needed to do it. It was kind of just one of those things where I was like, I was doubting myself and I just came to the point where I just did it. And, you know, I didn't really know the answers. I didn't really know how to do it. And I grew with it and it grew with me. And so I think giving advice to someone else is saying, I want to do this, but I'm not sure I do it. You know, you'll get the answers along the way. You're going to have roadblocks regardless. So it's not like you can avoid them. You know, embrace the, embrace your fears, embrace the challenges and just do it.
1: You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Um and like just to wrap this up, and I think this was a great interview. Um just like just like, you know, putting all of all of the things that you said into like one compass and like what like think black. This 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 um thought of like, you know, when I'm doing this, I'm thinking black, I'm thinking about my community. What do you want to see for Baltimore community what do you want to see in the future for the Pikesville community what do you want to see just in your local community in general about not necessarily just thinking black but like doing better what do you think what do you think are the changes that need to be made to kind of go along with this mindset of like we should do better we should be able to support each other
3: um I think it comes down to all of us having one common goal right? You know, when you spend your money, a lot of times there's a stigma around Black businesses, right? You know, why I spend my money here or why I go somewhere more expensive when I can just go here, you know? Or a lot of times people will give the excuse that I don't know where Black, business is at. black businesses are, you know? I don't want to spend more money here because Black businesses can be more expensive, you know? I think a lot of times that comes from a lack of education or just a lack of wealth, you know? Black businesses, A lot of times struggle with resources and say, you know, the less clientele you have, the more money you have to spend on resources because you can't buy it in higher quantities. You know, things like that come or concepts like that come from a lack of education. And so I think as a community, it's better. I'm not just talking about a racial community, but as a Baltimore community, as a Maryland community saying this is what's going on and here's how we can do it. And this isn't just for black people. This is not just for women. This is not just for people in Pikesville. You know, this is for all of us to just come together as one and just say, you know, these communities need it. And so we're going to dig in and help, help everybody.
1: All right. And I thank you so much for your time, Kelsey. I think that was so amazing to hear about your story or your platform um, about what your goals are and what you're trying to do. Um, I want the audience to know about like Think Black, if you could tell them just like a, maybe like a 30 second summary about like what, where they can go, what they can do, and how they can do it.
3: Um, <clears throat> um, Think Black is an online and Apple mobile app, direct, Black Business Directory, that focuses on sh- showcasing Black stories and Black businesses across the world, across the country. Um, you can download it on Apple and Android. It's on, Our URL is www.thinkblack.net, as well as Think Black on the App Store. In the Google Play Store, you can follow us on social media at Think Black App on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
1: All right. Thank you so much for your time, Kelsey. I really appreciate it. This was an amazing interview, and I hope the audience enjoyed it, and I hope that everybody has a good rest of their day.
3: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. This is great.
0: that is it for today's pikesville podcast episode thank you all for listening in with us a special thank you to omar rashid and kelsey parker for being our guests on today's episode also a thank you to Garnet jackson for creating podcast music his instagram is at y zero n three t again thank you for being here with us today and we hope to see you again on our next episode coming out in two weeks